Do you ever feel like technology is just a bunch of digital noise? It's important to know what it's really about. This is Telecom Talk with host Pat Pittman. Pat brings over a half century of experience in the telecom industry and has seen firsthand many changes, regulations, and new technology. Now, she answers your questions. Here's your host, Pat Pittman. Pat, I'm Jesse Jameson, and this is our first show together. We're recording live from the bunker here in Phoenix, Arizona at Voice America Studios. How are you? I'm wonderful. What about you? I'm doing wonderful, too. You know, it's really fun being out and about. Um, In case you're listening in the audience at home, a lot of people are stuck at home around the country, and they're just starting to come out because the restrictions are being loosened, right? And uh, we uh, got a real treat by coming live here into the studio to talk a little bit about Telecom Talk, talk a little bit about Pat Pittman, and about the show. So say hello to everybody, Pat. Hello. <laughs> so Actually, talking about Pat Pittman can be pretty boring, but... Well, I disagree. And you know what was interesting on that, uh, on the introduction, it said that we have about a half century of experience. Pat, I would have never guessed. Oh, yeah. You look like you got 20 years of experience tops. No. I've got 20 years of experience in my own business doing consulting. And when you talk about doing consulting, you're really pretty masterful at helping businesses and corporations kind of lower their bills when it comes to telecommunication costs for their company. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't always that way. We were talking uh, before the show was on that at one time you actually were a hairdresser working in a salon. Yeah, I was. And what, what... pops into one's head that says, hey, I think I want to take a different path. I know that, you know, people change careers all the time, but in your case, what was it? Well, I was obviously very young at the time, and I got bored. You know, you could be 100 miles away in your head and still do your job. So it, it really was very boring at that point. Mom, Mom, I went to get my hair cut at Pat's, and it felt like she was 100 miles away. And she was. Um, So I quit. I mean, I just quit without a job, didn't know what I was going to do. And um, I had a friend who worked for, at that time, the telephone company. And she said they were hiring for some new positions. They were going to be starting a separate group for just business customers. And they were hiring so I went down, got hired. So when you say just business customers, because I'm 43, <laughs> okay. was, was there a time when like business and personal, as far as phone lines, were they just kind of one thing? Or was this, in other words, I, I feel like the phone companies were starting to specialize so they, they could take care of consumers as well as businesses and what have you. Right. At the time, it, they were in the same business office. In other words, this, the same women took care of both, and they were trying to separate it, separate it so that the business reps would know more about hardware, PBXs, uh, business-type services, yellow page advertising, all that type of stuff. So they were uh, expanding the knowledge of the reps and starting a whole new group. So back then, they already were getting more and more popular with businesses, I assume, using 
the, the telephone lines to conduct business, you know, oh, yeah. from state Always. to state. I mean, it's been like that for a long time. So even before everything was, you know, specialized, people probably knew that this was going to be a area where, you know, they could take advantage of helping businesses and potentially, uh, you know, having a nice career. Right. And that's kind of the route that you decided to take, yes? Mm-hmm. So what happens at first? Do you find that you're a natural at this, that when it comes to communicating and helping people with their telecommunication needs, that it just kind of came naturally to you? Or was there a many years of learning curve? Well, there's many years of learning curve, and as a matter of fact, they're still learning. I mean, everything changes every day. And things just, you know, are moving so fast. Keeping up is very difficult. Um, so... It was not that I was good at it. It's just that I was able to keep up, and I enjoyed it. I didn't realize that I would enjoy the technical side of it as much as I did. Was it one of those jobs, too, where you could really compete with others, you know, your coworkers and stuff, and become the best you that that you could be, or was it not too much competition? Lots of competition. Because, see, competition has a unique way of driving one to their best, right? They actually, um, you know, did prizes and... Spiffs. Yeah. Yeah. If, you know, depending upon how much you sold, so to speak, you know, if you would sell something that cost extra per month. Now, what's interesting, based on my knowledge of you, because, you know, we've been speaking for quite a few months now, what's really fun in a job where, you know, there might be sales or marketing involved Mm -hmm. is when you have a job where you can actually earn a living by helping others save. And what I always find fascinating is that, you know, if somebody helps me save 25 bucks a week, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm happy, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not really doing that with businesses. You're helping them save sometimes... Oh, 100000 200000 a year. That's That's pretty impressive. So at that point... You know, all of a sudden, you can say that not only are you enjoying your career, but you're really helping businesses kind of lower their their bottom line, right, their costs. That's my purpose. That's my purpose in life is to help save money for large corporations. Unfortunately, the way the telephone companies and or cell phone companies lay out their bills is not always able to determine what you're paying for. A lot of it's bundled. A lot of it has federal attached to it, so you think it's from the government. There are a lot of things that you have to look look at. Even like nonprofits have to look at the taxes they're paying or um, be tax exempt, and you make sure you're getting your exemptions. All of this requires somebody looking at the bills, and most people just sort of get their eyes crossed when they start looking at these bills and just go to the bottom line and pay it. That's what I do. So what I've noticed that even on my individual, you know, cell bill or, you know, I've had home phone bills in the past as well. There are a little, little $3 surcharge here, $8 fee here. There's a little connection, this and that cost here. Those things really add up, correct? (laughs) They add up to be a lot. And so when I'm one individual, like I said, if you can help me save 25 bucks a, a week or a month or whatever, I'm ecstatic. Yep. But the reality is, is there's a lot of companies out there to this day that might have 
you know, might have not just one person on a phone line, but they might have thousands, right? And if each one of those thousands of people is potentially having a bill that's X amount of dollars more than it has to be, mm-hmm. that's where you come in. So that's the right. why. Why would somebody reach out to Pat Pittman? Because it makes fiscal sense to lower your costs as much as you possibly can. Right. And even if I don't lower the costs, you'll at least know what you're paying for and what you have. You know, how many phones you have, what features they have, how much it costs. Um, One of the things a lot of the uh, cellular phone auditors can do is they find hidden uh, monthly rates. They are very in tuned with the carriers and can find rates that can apply to various businesses that are not published. What does that mean exactly? It's not something you can uh, go on the internet and say, I'll take a phone with this monthly fee, and it includes this much data, this much, this many minutes, that type of stuff. There's uh, unpublished rates that are available if you know about them. Is there a magic handshake to uh, to bring up those unpublished rates? Or is that one of those things where if you have a business and you're using a lot of volume, it kind of it, it behooves you to, to find out about these unpublished rates? It behooves you to have know somebody who knows about these rates. Not everybody can get these rates. Not everybody knows about them. So is that another place where you can kind of help a company because you do know about them? Are you able mm-hmm. to kind of negotiate for companies when it oh, comes absolutely. to switching? Also, we negotiate <clears throat> their annual contracts or however uh, frequency they have their contracts. We look at the contracts, make sure it's covering their business needs. Do they need more voice than data? Do they need more data than voice? Do they need push to talk? Do they need those features? Three-way calling, call forwarding, this, that, and the other, right? Do they need them? If it's an extra cost, maybe not. Right, because you might think you need it for that once in a blue moon situation, but if you end up finding out, you know, after delving into your numbers, that those blue moon situations come up so rarely that it doesn't really make sense Mm -hmm. to have a certain function. Yeah, people get uh, really a shock when they go on a cruise or they go uh, out of the country to find out how much their bill is when they return. It is not inexpensive to use your cell phone outside the country. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, yeah, it's very expensive. Now, is that the old roaming fees that we used to hear about? Is that kind of dealing with that, or is it literally? So if you don't know to maybe, I don't know, is there usually adjustments where you can kind of adjust your phone? Well, it's not so much your phone, but you can call your carrier and get an international plan put on for temporarily for a month, two months, however long you're going to be. To avoid the shock. To avoid, yeah, sticker shock. Well, it can be... Um, I would imagine. Yeah. Just because re- if you're used to just paying your traditional cell phone bill and all of a sudden you get a cell phone bill that's maybe, I don't know, can it be twice as high? What what type of numbers are we talking if you're... Um, I recently had a client that one of their employees went on a cruise and the additional cost was $5,000. Wow. For a week. 
that's something that uh, if it was the wrong employee, you might get fired, <laughs> right? Or, you know, the angry boss, right? Yeah. So how good or how poor are companies that you have experienced? How good or bad are they at taking advantage of knowing what's on their bill and stuff? Is it kind of comical sometimes how it's naive they are to it's it? It's never comical. Um, it's sad. It's horrendous the way the carriers can take advantage of of people, of businesses, even residential, which I don't particularly do, but they're, they, they manage to get their pound of flesh every month. Right. So the main thing is, is if there were no such thing as these little fees left and fees right and fees down the In middle Texas, for us. In fees right? and surcharges? Yeah, if there were no such thing as that, everybody would have a nice little bill that they could kind of handle. And what happens is, is when people get those fees, like you said, they just say, ah, oh, well, that's kind of how life is, and they yeah. just kind of pay the bill. Would they be kind of shocked to find out that that's not necessarily how it has to be and that they can actually kind of control some of those charges being on or, or off their bill? It depends. It depends on a, a lot of different things, but what you really need to do is find out what is on the bill. You might not be able to get rid of it, but at least you know about it. You know what it is. Yeah, because the important thing is to know what it is because there could be stuff on your bill that you don't necessarily know about. And if right. you do know the, you know, you do know the ins and outs of your bill, you can kind of see when those things pop on. Uh-huh. Do those things sometimes as time goes on? pop onto a bill? For example, sometimes we enter a contract knowing that the first, you know, let's say three or six months we're getting a certain rate and then after that six months is expired, mm-hmm. it'll be going to another rate. Mm-hmm. Does that happen to big companies as well or is that Absolutely. kind of... Okay. So a lot Absolutely. of times they jump into something because it's too good to be true, right? They get this great low little cheater rate, right? And then all of a sudden things kind of change, but maybe they didn't prepare for the change. They didn't follow the contract. You have to be aware of when your contracts expire or when your rates expire. If the contract's sad, you're going to get this rate for six months and then it goes up. Well, you've got to, you know, when it's coming to the six-month time frame, you've got to look at it and see maybe you can find another rate that's better. You know, nothing should be a surprise. Right. But yet that does happen. Oh, yeah, all the time. Right? So you probably have quite a few nightmare stories that you'll be sharing throughout the weeks on the show and what have you. So There was just recently a case up in the Northwest. I think it was Washington State, but don't quote me on that. And all of a sudden, a new fee showed up, and it was on a cell bill. And someone challenged it and said, I thought all of the fees and surcharges were included in the cost you quoted me and now you've added another one and they actually fought that and got that extra fee rescinded now does when somebody fights something and gets a bill rescinded like that does that automatically make it umbrella cover everybody or is that still one of those things where each individual would have to call up and make that same verbal argument or written argument and and get that removed from their bill. 
I believe in the case of Washington, they were able to affect it for everybody. Okay, but if the telephone company or the carrier, in this case, puts a fee or puts a feature on your phone, maintenance, let's say, a monthly charge for maintenance, and you get that removed, they're not going to remove it for everybody. They're just going to remove it for your account. Which is a little shady, in my opinion, because my thinking is what they're saying is it's okay for you as long as we don't necessarily tell everybody about it, which I guess you can't blame somebody because if you have a million customers and they're all paying a $5 a month little fee, that's $5 million a month worth of worth of money's coming in. You multiply that over the course of years and decades, and it becomes kind of a lifeline, I imagine, for some of these companies, right? They oh, kind of really rely on those fees and what have you. Mm-hmm. It's really weird because uh, my utility company, Pat, they always send me this, hey, the rates are going down again, yet the bill always seems to go up. I, don't, <laughs> I, feel, like, I feel like there's a game being played somewhere in there. Yeah, um, I'm really not familiar with uh, utility, utility bills. bills at all, but it's probably the case where the rate went down, but they changed the time frame. So there's more in the higher rate more time in the higher rate than there is in the lower rate. So I, I know a lot of people recently uh, got their taxes done, um, you know, because April 15th was not so long ago. And even though that got extended, I know a lot of people have been doing their taxes, you know, every single weekend and what have you. And what's interesting is, is, you know, when a person is doing their taxes, they're looking for every type of, they're hoping their CPA finds every type of deduction that they're mm-hmm. capable of, right? And in an interesting way, that's kind of what what you can do for for companies as well. Because if I go to H&R Block, Jackson Hewitt, they're going to say, hey, let us see if H&R Block missed anything, right? Mm -hmm. In a weird way, do you kind of do that with businesses as well? You kind of say, hey, let me take a look at your phone bill and see if you're missing anything. And how is a conversation Mm -hmm. like that? Well, before you answer that, though, we're going to take a brief pause And then when we get back, we'll have Pat answer that question. Hold on. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Every day in business, we hear jargon, see writing from so-called experts, and and don't know what we should follow and what we should avoid. Now, there's a program to sort everything out. The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman is the program that provides actual best practices, insights, and real-world solutions that help business executives, technology executives, managers, and staff using straightforward talk. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about more about more about more about cybersecurity. How it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Telcom Talk. To reach Pat Pittman or her guest today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, send it to ppittman at stonegate-consulting.com. That's P-P-I-T-T-M-O-N at stonegate-consulting.com. Now, back to Telecom Talk. Back to Pat Pittman and back to Jesse Jameson. Pat, before we went on the break, I was bringing up the idea that I'd really like to know what an icebreaker conversation is for you and some of these, um, you know, business leaders and, and owners of business. So let's say I own a business and you know that I have a big amount of people that are making a ton of volume of calls. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you and I are across a, 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 at a Denny's table, right? And drinking a coffee. What type of things do you say to maybe break the ice about, you know, how you'd like to potentially see if you can help such a business or a company? Depending upon the service, whether it's cellular or wireline would make a difference. In the cellular arena, we're more than glad to do a proof of purchase, so to speak, that we look at your bills and give you an idea of exactly how much we can save you. On the wireline staff, it's a little bit more difficult because it takes a lot of time to analyze those bills. But in both cases, if we don't find anything, you don't pay us anything. Right. There's no upfront fees at all. And do you take one company's costs and then go to like another supplier, for example, I'm going to use the one I grew up with, AT&T and MCI, right? Right. Whether they're relevant now or not, you know, you'll be able to tell us. But if somebody's with MCI uh, and, and let's say their bill is X amount of dollars, do you take that information to maybe a rep from AT&T or another supplier and then see if they can work on it to do something better? Or how, how does that kind of work? Only if the client is interested in doing that. There are soft dollars expected to be paid when you switch a carrier. There's, you, know, you still have to tell everybody that their numbers have changed. You have to tell them that uh, there's a different carrier. You, you know, there's a lot of work behind the scenes to switch carriers. On the wireline side, not so much. It's a lot easier. Now, when you say wireline, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you're talking like, for example, let's say somebody does have a room of, you know, 300 customer service reps. Is that where they're literally hardwired into a wire line? Is that what you mean by that? Correct. The so, old standard telephone line. You know, there's always an interesting thing. Whenever you change, there's little headaches that you go through. 
Exactly. Is that one of the things you have to deal with too, where you know for a fact, hey, I can save this company X amount of dollars, but it's just such a pain to do that sometimes things fall through? Yes, absolutely. Um, it takes perseverance to do any change. And so it's sometimes it's just not worth it. You have to weigh the internal costs versus your savings to make an a true decision that's best for your company. And quite honestly, you know, I agree with them. If they find it's going to internally be too expensive or too disruptive to change, I don't want that to happen. You know, I want my clients to be happy to do things what they want to do and the way they want to do them. I've never pushed my clients into doing anything that they're not comfortable with. Sometimes companies need to make changes though, right? And sometimes little changes can have a big effect down the road. So the reality is if a company's not really happy with the profits that they're bringing in, maybe one of the first things they should do is look at the money that's going out. Oh, always, yeah. You, know, you got to look at your expenses versus your income. And what's interesting is, once again, these companies have such high volume of employees <laughs> that whenever you can even slash a nickel or a couple bucks here and there, it really has a huge multiplicative effect. Yeah, and the big thing coming in now, of course, is the cloud, putting everything in the cloud. And I think the... Uh, pandemic that we're going through has really pushed that to the forefront. A lot of more businesses will be looking at cloud services because it's much easier to work from home using cloud services. No, I totally agree because it's not necessarily easy. What, what I did was with my computer here at the office I was able to put everything up into the cloud, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. And then even when I'm at my home office at home, I'm able to access that stuff, which is a lot better than transferring files back and forth. When things get lost on your computer, because maybe there's an office fire or, you know, somebody with a bottle of mm -hmm. Coca-Cola around your computer, uh, with the cloud, you don't really have to worry about those things as much, correct? Right. So you still have to worry about them. Um now, believe it or not, is a, there's a new audit feature coming up where we're auditing cloud services, access to the cloud, features in the cloud, uh, call center seats, those types of things. Because it's a new service starting to settle down. People are getting used to it. And now's the time to go back in and evaluate. Is it really doing what you want it to do, and is there a less expensive way, or can I reduce my costs but not reduce my capabilities? Yeah, because I'd imagine that does happen, right? If your cable bill, if you decide to cut off cer certain things on your cable, you're going to wonder why you're not getting your you know channel that you love watching, right? It's because right. that went with the package you just abandoned for this cheaper right. package. One of the things that I always wonder about is when I was in high school, a lot of kids were making phone calls around the country in these different telemarketing operations. Mm -hmm. And in these different telemarketing operations or phone rooms, if you will, call centers, right? They always had hundreds and, again, sometimes thousands of people on the phone. However, over the last like five or ten years, Pat, 
when these companies call me to market me something over the phone, I feel like a lot of times there's somebody from another country altogether, whether it's the Philippines or from India or what have you. Now, when you're going to various companies, I assume that are are local or you know national, but here in the U.S., do a lot of times they decide to get rid of the telecommunications in general because they're outsourcing to the places like India and the Philippines? And if so, is is that one of the things that you have to kind of compete with too? On you know, or or not so much. I'm not so sure what you mean by compete. Well, um, like, for example, let's say you could save somebody, like you said, $100,000 even a month. But then they knew that if they just got rid of the phone rooms here in the States and maybe outsource them to India or the Philippines or other places, you know, that they could even save more. Are those situations, do those ever come up where they just oh, say, yeah. Pat, we're going to be discontinuing our United States-based call centers anyway or what well, have you? There was a lot. Um, earlier in the you know early 2000s a lot of it went overseas I believe a lot of it's coming back now because the outsourcer was not really putting their best face forward for the client the person on the telephone who answers your call is the face of your company so if that's not a good face, your clients won't be happy. Yeah, it is kind of off-putting when you do call a company, right, hoping to speak to customer service, and then you find yourself trying to figure out someone's dialect or, or you know, break down someone's accent just to understand, you know, so you feel like you're on the same page. Because <laughs> it's really interesting. It's really kind of irritating when you do mention a concern that you're having and they, they say, oh, yes, let's take care of that. And then they're trying to fix a problem that you had no issues with. You know, we kinda, it kind of gets lost in yeah. translation and what have you, you know. But you still, you have to look at a lot of clients want 24-7 as far as a response center. And in order to do that, it's much easier to have people around the world, you know, have reps in England, have reps in Czechoslovakia, mm -hmm. India, so that as the world turns and the time changes, you're not paying triple for someone in the United States to sit on the phone all night long. So in your job, how did you reach out to clientele? Most of my work right now is word of mouth. It's a... Most people don't understand what I do. So when they talk to a friend, you know, once they learn what I do and they get a good result, they'll talk it up among their coworkers or their associates. And they give me a call and we see what we can do. I don't guarantee that I'm going to find you money, but you don't, like I said, you don't pay me. If I don't find anything. Which brings up a good point. It doesn't hurt to ask. And in your mm -hmm. case, it doesn't cost to ask. Mm -hmm. So I'd assume when you take on the challenge of finding if you can help save money for a corporation or a company or an individual, not an individual, but an individual business owner, I assume that in, a, in an interesting way, because you're not charging them anything to find out, you know, it's kind of like 
doing a little volunteer work in there, right? So right. you have to do a little homework involved. And sometimes that doesn't always lead to necessarily a, a client. Exactly. If I look at your bills and I come up with a 2% savings, you know, is it really worth it? To a lot of people over. don't think so. But if I come up with a 45% savings, would that be something you'd be interested in? I certainly hope so. Yeah, that's one of those jaw-dropping moments, right? Because I assume a lot of people do kind of assume that they already have a great deal. And I'd imagine you have shocked some people uh, through the years. Oh, yeah. Some very large companies have been shocked at what we can save them. Well, yeah, because once again, we're not talking about that $25 individual monthly savings, right? We're talking about a very huge multiplicative effect. I mean, I'm not talking – you can have 30, 40, 100, 200. I've had clients up to 10,000. And uh, So let me ask you uh, – let me ask you this then. Where would a person reach out to you? Tell us your website, Pat. It's stonegate-consulting.com. So by simply sending you an email or simply reaching out to you, that sets the wheels and motions on, you know, how they could definitely potentially be saving some money. Mm -hmm. And we look at all things. We look at contracts. We look at current carriers. We look at future carriers. We look at all different things to see what kind of savings you can get. Unfortunately, Years ago, consultants would come in and basically take everything out that wasn't being used at that moment. Next week, when a new person started, they had to put another telephone in because that telephone was removed. It's a little different today in the fact that, A, the telephone company doesn't provide your phones. You have to buy that from a different company. And they have to work together with the telephone company, but it is a separate entity that you buy your phones from. So if someone is not using an office, you can unplug the phone and put it in a closet for the next person to occupy that office. It wasn't like that years ago. And the consultants would just rip everything out and then cost the client a fortune to put it back in again when they needed it. Gave the industry a bad name. That's changed. Things aren't like that anymore. Well, also, you also mentioned one other thing. Sometimes there's services and little things that you might not need today. But you know how things evolve. Sometimes you definitely might need it tomorrow. That's right. And so, you know, even like, for example, I remember call forwarding. Call forwarding was one of those functions that when I very first found out about it, I just thought, eh, it seems kind of unnecessary. Because, you know, you have an answering machine. Yeah, what would machine. I use that for? Yeah, mm-hmm. or you have a voicemail. And it's like, why would I need that? But the reality is sometimes it's good to have a, a call forwarded. And, you know, let's say you were kind of taking a working vacation. If somebody calls your office and that call gets forwarded to your cabin or wherever you may, mm-hmm. you know, may be, um, you know, it just kind of, to me, it seems like an added level of professionalism. Is it, again, one of those things that's absolutely necessary for a company to succeed? Probably not. Well, but that was years ago. Now, a lot of the telephone systems have uh, features built in that will ring two telephones, maybe one here and one in your cabin. 
simultaneously when you get a call. The uh, switchboards or the PBXs of the day are much, much more advanced than you could possibly imagine. So back in the day, it would be a rollover line, right? Right. Where if you don't answer one, it'll go to the second yeah, one. Yeah, and Now that's you can all. have that routed electronically to various places and, and various Absolutely. options. It's really the industry has made leaps and bounds past call forwarding. Well, that's an interesting thing, too, because I would imagine in the years that you've been doing this, you've had to stay on top of a lot of changes. And yeah. I'd, I'd imagine you even have to be able to predict some of those changes or at least keep on top of the stuff that's looking like it might be coming down the road. Yeah, I can't keep on top of everything. I keep on top of the news of the day, so to speak. But do I know what every hardware manufacturer's product is, how it works, how much it costs? No, I can't. Um, I will, at on a request, find out, do a deep dive into that particular vendor or set of vendors. But I don't remember, I cannot remember everything about every vendor out there. But if you could, oh, how powerful oh, well, you would yeah. be. The great sure. Oz. So, Pat, uh, when we uh, come into the third segment after the break, we're going to talk about various guests that we're going to try to have on the show mm -hmm. so that you can speak uh, to them, you know, about their various areas of expertise. Right. But if somebody were to reach out to you through your website, what, what type of things would you maybe mention to them you know, on a phone call if they were to reach out to you or an email about, you know, ways that you could potentially help them? Well, we'd have to see what areas they're looking to save money. I mean, mine obviously is a telecom area. Um, you know, you have to have telecom issue for me to help you. And, you know, we have to sit down and talk about it. It's not, I have no idea what I can save you until we spend some time together. And so some of those things that you would talk about is how many employees are actually out and about using company cell phones. Mm -hmm. How do they communicate? Um, be careful texting and driving. Yeah, so uh, we're going to talk more when we get back from the break. We're going to take a quick break here on Telecom Talk with Pat Pittman. And then when we get back, Pat, let's talk about some of those fun guests. You bet. That we'll have on. All right. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. Speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Class. Ron and Ed, Ron and Ed, Ron and Ed, Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tired of the Get Rich Quick or How to Flip Home shows? Are you ready to step up your game and invest in commercial real estate? James Nelson, a top New York City broker, will show you step-by-step how to acquire, operate, and profit. You'll also hear from real estate legends on how they made their fortunes and industry experts on strategies for success. Tune into Real Estate Investing, live from New York, on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Telecom Talk. To reach Pat Pittman or her guest today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, send it to P. Pittman at Stonegate-Consulting.com. That's P. P-I-T-T-M-O-N at Stonegate-Consulting.com. Now, back to Telecom Talk. Operator, can I speak to Pat Pittman? Yes, you sure can. <laughs> Welcome back to Telecom Talk with Pat Pittman. I'm Jesse Jameson, and today we're talking with the host of Telecom Talk, Pat Pittman, about everything telecommunications and business worldly and how it can help people in the business world. And we're going to be doing a lot of shows. I'm really, I'm really excited to find out about some of the guests that you're going to come on. Because, see, my thinking when it comes to telecommunications might be limited, whereas some of your guests might be able to take us, you know, kind of out of this world and share some things that are really exciting about the not only present but, but future of telecommunications. Can you share with us for a couple minutes, of Pat, course. a little bit about some of the guests or types of uh, experts that we're going to be having on the show? Sure. Um, let's see. One of the shows will deal with um, cloud services, what they are, how they work, um, how you get involved in them, what they can do for you, what they can't do for you, costs and things like that. Um, there's a myriad, and I mean a myriad of myriads out <laughs> there as far as um, cloud services especially in uh, the call center arena. So it's there's so much out there that you really need somebody who knows what they're talking about to really pinpoint all the pros and cons of the services. So we're going to have some expert information when it deals yep. with everything dealing with cloud. What other, uh, what other type of stuff will we have? So we're um, going to deal with the cloud and... Uh, we have someone who's who actually does the cell phone optimization, to talk about cell phone optimizations, the programs that they use, the, the tools that they use, how they go about finding those unpublished rates we talked about. Uh, we have a telecom lawyer who uh, uh, actually has a telecom degree and a lawyer degree. Lawyer degree. That's not the right term. That's but a nice fusion, though, a nice little crossover, right? So... It is a niche that she has found, and that's all she does. 
is telecom problems, contracts, um, FCC filings, those types of things. And she'll talk about some of the current problems and things you have to be aware of in today's environment. Um, Texting while driving, there have been um, multi-million dollar suits you know, I never thought about that. That's super interesting. So let's say I work for any big company, mm-hmm. and I'm on my company's cell phone, mm-hmm. and I end up getting in a car accident, and somebody ends up getting really badly injured, or even, God forbid, they lose their life. Mm-hmm. Is there a chance that a company could actually get sued because that was their employee on a company phone? That's who they'll go for. They'll go for the deepest pockets, and that would be your company. Wow. That really brings up a lot of things that maybe an owner should think about with regards to, you know, how they keep their employees in check when they're maybe not in the office, right? Right. You have to be aware of what your employees are doing on their cell phones while they're out of the office. It can be very, very expensive if an accident happens. I have a question for you. So the other day, you and I were talking about 911 services. Mm -hmm. Let's say I have a big corporation with, you know, 500 offices, you know, this huge giant glass building. And somebody on my 33rd floor or whatever makes a 911 call. How How does that kind of work, you know, maybe yesterday compared to tomorrow? Because I believe you were telling me that yesterday... It was set up where the fire department or the police would come in and then they would have to be directed which room to go to. Whereas in the future, that's going to be more streamlined where they'll know exactly where to pinpoint that call. Yes. Did I actually, say that right? what, what they'll do is they'll attach building location information to the telephone number that dialed the 911 so that the police or fire ambulance would find the person a whole lot sooner. That came about, I think it's called Carrie's Law. I'm not too sure if it's Carrie's Law, but I think so. And it came about because um, there have been instances where people couldn't be found. Oh, wait a minute. No, take that back. Carrie's Law is being able to dial 911 without preceding it with another digit like dial nine for dial tone. Oh, so what you're saying is sometimes you go to a different uh, like hotel mm-hmm. or a suite or a resort mm-hmm. and you say, hey, I need to make an outbound call and they say dial nine and then the number. Right. So what you're saying is we need to make it where 911 works regardless. That's coming up. That's a law. They're starting to implement it. It depends upon whether or not the states, the individual states have 911 rules and regulations and how strict they are. But that came about because there was a, a case where a young lady and her children were in a motel and the ex-husband came and started beating on the woman, the mother. And the children knew enough to call 911. But they didn't know they had to dial 9 first. That's tragic. Yes. So, basi- so basically, you're dialing 1-1 because the 9 is a necessary digit, right? So instead of dialing 911, they're basically dialing 1-1 as far as the phone is concerned. So therefore, they weren't even able to make the 911 No, they'd have to call. dial 911, but they were dialing 911. Yeah, you're right. What you're saying, I think I 
now I understand. You're saying they dialed nine, got thinking dial it was, tone, and then one one. Right. So okay. they're thinking right. So in other yeah. words, they were never able to actually no, they were complete never that able. call. That is tragic. Yes, it is. I uh, was nine one one something that was created in the seventies or eighties. Do you recall? I know it's not necessarily big topic with the show, but wasn't there a time pre nine one one? Oh, of course. Right. Then you'd call the operator. Connect me to the police department, Betty. Right. Right? Uh-huh. So, but that is, I felt like 911 was one of those things, because I was born in 76, and I felt like they started talking about 911 when I was maybe four, five, six years old. But it could have been older than that, obviously. But Off the top of my head, I don't know when the first 911 service went in. I'll look it up, and I'll get you an answer next week. But either way, we know that when you're dialing 911 on a phone that's requiring you to dial 9 first, it can be a, a tragic situation with kids and emergencies. And you have to be aware of it. So are there other things that... that we, have a, we have a 5G expert coming on, knows all about 5G, how it works, where it works, where it is, you know, how far has it been deployed... Is he going to admit that 5G gave us this virus? No, I'm totally kidding. Everywhere everywhere I hear on YouTube, they're like, oh, the virus came from the 5G. And I'm like, well, that doesn't really make sense because there's parts of the world where there is no such thing as 5G and they're still getting the virus. So obviously I was totally kidding. But That's uh, fine, yeah. You know what's interesting, though, that he might be able to talk about, he or she. Is it a he or a she that's going to be talking about the 5G? Or? He. So the one thing that he might be able to – talk about is the fun little conspiracy theories that we always hear surrounding 5G, <laughs> right? That it's going to scramble our brains and, and make yeah. us all sick or they're, what have you. Yeah, you know, they're also, you know, 6G is in development. You know, there's a lot of other technologies that are coming out right behind it. I don't remember the course I took, but, and it might have even been in high school, it might have been pre-college, but... There have been times throughout our lives where people have really feared uh, and rejected the future technologies because they felt that, you know, it was going to destroy life as we know it. But like you said with 6G, the reality is you might as well get over 5G because one of these days you're going to have to deal with 6G and I'm assuming 7 and 8G, right? The yeah, G, whatever they the call G it. The G just Who stands knows? for the generation level, right? So in other words, you're always going to have something new to look forward to. Um, and there's always going to be some naysayer that's talking about how horrible it is and, you know, how it's the end of the world or what have you. But Actually, the G stands for gigabytes. Oh, okay. Well, I was wrong then. I always just assumed it was the next generation, right? So I got 2G, 3G, 4G. But either way, so you're talking about a higher level of strength and capability. It's speed. Right. How fast does it go? You know, it can transmit... 2.4 gigabits per second or 5 gigabits per second. I always thought it was fascinating that there's palm trees here around the valley, Pat. Yes. That aren't really palm trees. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> They're cell towers. Cell towers. Why do they make them look like palm trees? Is that something because if if, if they looked like an all-out cell tower, maybe people would uh, – be a little bit more negative towards them because I see them all around, but they really do look like trees. <laughs> yes, they're also um, there's one that I've seen that looks like a saguaro cactus. Right. Um, it's really a town ordinance that they don't want 
cell towers, they're not exactly what you would call attractive. And so they've forced the carriers or the equipment manufacturers to come up with the camouflage. And so they've come up with trees, palm trees, cactuses, all the uh, various non-cell phone tower looking equipment. So it looks purdy. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is um, a lot of times when you talk about 5G and these different things, people can get a little upset because they think, you know, it's going to disrupt, you know, their health or what have you. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is everybody's really into the environment nowadays, or not everybody, but a ton of people are really concerned with the, with the environment. Mm -hmm. But I'm one of those that I look at telecommunications kind of differently because I've always been in sales and marketing throughout, you know, different points in my life and my career. And if you can avoid driving across town to speak with a client because you can connect with them on a phone call, mm -hmm. then in essence, you're saving a lot of gas, a lot of time, energy, and effort, you know, by being able to communicate. And I think also the because of today's environment, the video conferencing is definitely going to explode. I think businesses are understanding that, A, their people do not. Um, avoid their jobs or uh, goof off when they're home working. They really do work. I know for myself, I've worked for home now for probably 25 years or more, and I get more done at home than I ever got done in the office. Yeah, it's interesting because Zoom really makes it where you can be face-to-face -face with anybody in the world, uh -huh. right? Do and they've, they're fixing some of their security issues, too. Do you think that's going to be how the future of, of telecommunications is, where it's more of like a visual component? And the reason I say this is I remember about 15 or 20 years ago, Pat, there was a commercial, and it showed a girl calling her grandfather, and she was looking at a picture of him on her phone. And this was really <laughs> long time ago. Picture so pre phone. Yeah. yeah, picture phone. And it kind of disappeared. Now, it's kind of made a reemergence with, you know, natural cell phones, right? You can Skype somebody and you're looking at them. That is kind of the way it is now, and it's going to be more so like that in the future, you think? Or Oh, absolutely. I think because it's becoming more ubiquitous, the, what you're talking about is the person at the other end had to have... The same thing. The same telephone right. from the same carrier. Now, um, I can use my desktop... And I can call you on your cell phone or your iPad mm -hmm. or your tablet. So it's more ubiquitous, therefore making it much more common and easier for people to use. Yeah, it's interesting. So on Zoom, you can look at somebody, talk to them, you know, verbally and, you know, audibly. And then you can also open up a chat window and kind of talk with them via the chat as well. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of interesting. Pat, speaking of interesting, I thought that the first show here was really interesting, and I'm looking forward to show number two next week, and I want all the uh, listeners, obviously, to stay tuned in as well. We're going to continue to show uh, companies how to save a ton of money, mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Well, next week is a holiday, so they're going to be rerunning this show, and we're going to be starting live with our guests the, the following week. week, which I believe is June 1st, but... Well, it doesn't get much more fun than a rerun of us. So listen, everybody, you have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you next week on Telecom Talk. Have Thank a good you, one. Thank you, Jesse. Bye-bye.
Thank you for making Telecom Talk a part of your week. Be sure to join host Pat Pittman for another episode next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll connect again next week.